0: Okay, people, it is part two of the 200th episode of Echo Chamber. And as promised, people, this is big. It is big. It is a doozy. And man, I cannot wait for you to uh, get into this because I sit down with the legend in the making the head honey in charge, the magnificent Felicia Pride. Right now, you will recognize that name, people, because I couldn't stop talking about her um her, her feature debut, you know, a writing effort, really loved. Which was directed by Angel christie Williams. You know what I mean? I mean? It was such a great film, right? And that film had me reaching out, had me reaching out, and um, yeah, I got to talk to pride, right? She's also got a great podcast which she does with um Ivy Grant called Child Please, right? She's you know, what I mean, she, she's written a load for TV and she's made her directorial debut with the incredible short tender so today people we will take we will take a look back at really love right then we will take a step forward to tender and then people we will sit down with uh, felicia and get into everything Oh, man, it was such a fantastic conversation. I appreciate everyone, you know what I mean, over, over there, right, uh, honey child, um, because, you know what I mean, w- without that help and all of that, this would not be a possibility. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, an awesome thing, man. It was an awesome thing. So people, right? Uh, yeah, sit back and um, yeah, we are going, we're gonna get into it. I have to say a big props as well to Regina Holes, Um, yeah, who, who also, you know, what I mean, was a huge, huge part of this. Um, yeah, coming through and also, uh, Oh yes, Jan Zu, um, who, who was a huge help. So uh, yeah, people, I buckle it because this is whew, this is a perfect way to end episode two hundred. You feel me? All right, people. Let's get to it. Okay, people. So yes, as promised, we're taking a little step back. Right to where it all started, you know what I mean. So let us, yeah, let's check back in with a really love. Okay, people. So um, boy, it I put it in my uh, I put it in my Netflix list the other week when it dropped, right? And, man, like, I I couldn't, you know what I mean? You know sometimes a film comes and you might not know a whole heap about it, right? But you know, you know that you need to hold that, right? That you can't, you you don't want to rush that shit. You know what I mean? Don't want to jump on it straight away. You need to make sure you've got the right time so you can absorb it all right? and uh yeah that was the case with really love you know I was just like I I, I do not I know I want to watch this film man but um yeah <laughs> yeah you know I mean? like I, I I don't wanna rush it you know what I mean I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to watch it and miss anything. You know, I want that stuff to pass over my head. You feel me? So yeah, I gave I, I gave you a little time, and you know, now I've watched it, and god damn, god damn, Whew. I felt that people. I felt that. All right, so um yeah, let's get into these DTAs. All right, so um it is the feature debut from Angel Christy Williams. Um now the the screenplay is from Felicia Pride and this is her feature debut feature Screenplay, you feel me? Now, the weird thing is, like on Wikipedia, it says that they both wrote the piece, but then later on it says that Pride, (laughs) you mean, showed Williams the screenplay and was like, I'd like you to make my film. So, you know, mm, now maybe Williams added some stuff, right? And so she gets a rise credit. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. But, um, Yeah, Williams, she also produces the film, along with Aaliyah Williams, Kim Roth, Charles D. King, Mel Jones, Poppy Hanks, Sanford Grimes, Letitia Fortune, Kim Coleman, and Stephanie Elaine. Screen, the cinematography, pardon me, cinematography is from Sean Peters, it's edited by Stephen Priston and Brian Uhlberg. um Yeah. <laughs> so the weird thing is, it, it seemed to hit everywhere else in August, but yeah, you know, it's only just come to Netflix in the UK. You know, which is crazy because yeah, a lot of the spots it hit in August were in Europe. So I don't know why it took so long to come to the UK, but hey, I'm glad it did. Very glad it did. All right. So the gist of the uh, the gist of the film, people, is this: It's set in contemporary Washington D.C. A rising black painter strives to break into the competitive art world while balancing a bittersweet romance he never expected with an ambitious law student so yeah that's the uh, that's the gist of the film right and it's funny man like there's these stories you know they oh oh You know what? No. (laughs) My bad. I just realized I'm an idiot. Okay, so our cast, right? We have Isaiah, who's played by Kofi. Isaiah Maxwell, I should say. Played by uh, Kofi Simo, right? He's our artist. And Steven. You know, Stevie, she is um yeah, she's our law student, see Stevie Solomon and uh you know she is played by Yufa Wong Lu Sing. Right, who I can't put my finger on where I've seen her. I know I've seen her enough things. Right. Um, so Stevie's dad is played by Blair Underwood. That's Jerome. And um her mother, Anne, is played by Suzanne Douglas. Her cousin Sissy, Sicily is played by Naturi Norton. Right. Um Yeah, so Isaiah, he's, now, okay, I'm gonna have to go somewhere else because I don't have full information here, which is always just very bad, hey, okay, let's, and okay, so Isaiah's mother, Regina, is played by Maria Broom. right? He's um, got a sister, Claudette, played by Dominic Cooper. And... Ding, ding, ding. He's... Hmm... I I know his dad was up in the piece, but yeah, I'm not quite sure who played his dad. Oh, his dad was played by J. Arthur E. Brooks and Isaiah Senior. All right. Um, We have, yeah, Isaiah's, uh, his best friend, Nick, who's played by Tristan McWilds and um, Nick's girlfriend. Uh, Cheney, who's played by Uzu Uduba, right? I have um Anne, who is play, um, yeah, no, we did the Anne. Um, Mecca, uh, Jarima, who's played by Jade Estata. Um, Yusuf Davis, a well known painter, is played by Michael Ely. You know what I mean? People, 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 man, yeah, they're our main cast. And as I said, listen, there's these stories that, you know what I mean? Like, listen, we know the beats, right? We know the beats. And sometimes these things, you know, you watch them and they're fine, right? They're fine. But then sometimes you watch something and it just ingrains itself in you. You know what I mean? You, you, you just feel it. And yeah, it's one of those things, man. Like you you just this first meeting, right? So you see them both out, having fun, they're enjoying, and then when they cross paths, right? And, and you see you know they they exchange glasses and Isaiah comes over and he drops some he drops some you know some lines trying to get you know that introduction but it's it's that connection that you see right it doesn't feel forced right that I think mean, that's the magic of this piece like everything felt real right, it felt like conversations that you may have had, you know, days out that you may have had, you know, conflicts that you may have come up against, you know what I mean, and, and it, it just resonates with you, right, it's just like, whew. you know what I mean, like, at the very beginning, and he walks home, right, walks home, and then it's that first goodbye, but you, you know you want to ask a question because you're just like, oh, man, I we've spent hours, hours together, but we don't want this shit to end right now, even though it's ending right now. So it's just like, how can this move forward? You know what I mean? So it's just like, you would be like, all right, bye. And then you kind of linger and you're just like, you know what I mean? You walk around and you'll be like, all right, so... Hey, I was just wondering. You know what I mean? I, and it's just the way it was all delivered. I mean, because it's not rushed, and you do it slow because it's just like, ah, is this gonna work? Blah blah blah. And there, and then it goes right. And what I really liked was then the next day. You know what I mean? The next day, because you understand the situation here. He's a he's an artist. He, at this point, he's not selling she, but he's talented. But that means he's broke, right? So the second day, it was a date that reflected the economic means, but it was still a fly day, right? And that's what you do. You know what I mean, that's what you do. You 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 put together a situation that is, yo. There's fire, right? That you know they're gonna dig, but it's like okay, I I can't destroy my budget. <laughs> you know what I mean, because if I do that, then the, the, the next day has to be on a level, and I can't afford to do that. But I like this person, so I I need to show them that I'm not a waste of time. And then yeah, he put together a fire little date. Right. And you feel that. You be like, all right, yeah. And it was nice. And because you think, yes, I've done that, man. I've done that. Right. So you're watching this film and you're just like, ah, it's just resonating. It's popping. It's popping. And then you just say, uh, it's like, but then the problem, the problem with stuff like this is it resonates. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is do you feel it. Because then you start thinking about some of them situations, right? Think about some of those motherfucking situations. And it's just like, oh, God damn it. Right? And yeah. <laughs> you would be like, ah, fuck, man. I'm a single motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. It, it, it was just these these moments were just so nice and so real. But you, you know, what I mean, we also saw them in their elements, right? Him painting, her killing it in the law right in the court in the law room, in the motherfucking law in the court. We saw her do a thing, so we understand what their aim is. You yeah. know what I mean? What they're striving for which is a problem, right, because you understand that these, both of these things take work, right, both take a lot of work, a lot of commitment, determination, perseverance, you know, and sacrifice. Now, a relationship can last, right, it can persevere, but there needs to be that equal level of compromise, right? You gotta have each other's back like that. And so, yeah, that's the thing, the film is going and then you are seeing, you know, it's all nice, nice, right? It's those exchange glances, it's those hugs, it's those fleeting kisses, it's that hand holding when, you know, you're just feeling that moment, right? But, but you then start to see how, as success is coming, you start to let something slide. You start to let something slide. And it's the arguments, man. And you would to be like, yo, yo, son, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, rolling my eyes at the TV, I'm like cussing at the TV, right, and you find yourself like, yo, I know this is a film, why am I so invested in this shit, right, like, why am I like, boom, you know, and that's when you know a film gets you, because you are like, trying to talk to these made up characters you're you're trying to be like yo don't do that what are you doing all right listen i understand but just you know give them that time because they gave that time to you come on you know which is insane um you know what i mean it's just lucky i live alone because i'm looking like a crazy motherfucker you feel me but it's just yeah It it, it it just, it felt so just perfect. You know what I mean? Like, when you think about other films, you know, when you think about other films that have, um, you know, hit like that, I remember in 2019, right, 2019, and the BFI London Film Festival, and it, yo, we, we got the, uh, I think it was 2019, yeah, it was 2020, 2019, no, it wasn't last year, and um, Rashad is Green, right, remember he's premature, which is so good, and oh man, like at the time, I don't think he had distribution and then it hit then he made the deal with hulu and now it's on netflix as well and people if you have not seen premature you need to see premature because again it it, is one of them it's that one of those stories that yeah you've seen that story but it hits you man it hits you you know what i mean and it's just handled so well, right? It's handled so well, and you just feel those situations, right? You, you've been in those situations, right? Maybe not quite some of them situations, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if you didn't use protection and shit just didn't go right, then maybe, feel. But, hey, and, um, Listen, I know it's here. I'm not sure if it's on my site. It might be on the anchor site though, right? It might be on my anchor site. So you should go because we, you know, we had the conversation with Green, and it was a, it was a good conversation, man. But um, yeah, it's these these stories, right? So I mean, this film made me think of premature. It made me think of Love Jones, right? Love and basketball it made me feel think of um sylvie's love you know amazon we spoke it it dropped to christmas time last year we spoke about that one that's that's definitely on the website you know um and yeah these films because these films right these films are like honest films these films portray the relationship the beats of the relationship those intimate moments and they do it with that rawness, they do that with that authenticity that you feel in your motherfucking soul. You know what I mean? Feel in your soul, and it's like mad like the acting in this film, the acting in this film was so good, you know. sabu and um Wang Lu Sing. You know, as I said, look, they they felt like they were in love. You know, it's like just the intimate moments in the film, just all of these, it just, man, it just had this this power, this electricity to it. You know? And I don't mean in a weird way, people, right? What I mean is it's just those, connections, right, you, you, you felt that connection, you really did, you know, like everyone really just gave superb performances, I loved the score, the score was fantastic, and it worked so well, it worked so well, you know, the art was great, loved the art, right, it, it reminded me of um shit an exhibition that i saw at the uh, at the tate right at the tate and oh gosh it was man, maybe like a decade ago man chrysophili Chris and uh, yeah, his art. Is just sensational people. If you have not seen his art, yo, you need to see his art. But it just reminded me of that. Right? And just, you know, those times, just walking around a gallery with, you know, a significant other and those situations and just that enjoyment, you know. And it was all there. Right. So I saw. I I, I saw a piece, right, I I saw a piece, and it was like, fans, hate the ending, and I was like, yo, what are you talking about, right, what are you talking, I love the ending, right, I I love the way they ended this film, because, you know, listen, if it had ended in one way, it kind of looks, a little corny, right, now, it could end with her slapping him, which, you'd be like, yo, and you, you all understand when you watch the film, right, but that moment, that moment at the end, like, it works so well, works so well, because, right, life doesn't always happen Right on camera, right? Life works in those moments in between. Right? It's the cracks in the pavement. And that's what this be. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what happens next? You know, do they? Or does does it not? Right? And and I feel that's the beauty of the ending, because there's so many possibilities here. There's so many possibilities because so much has happened. You know what I mean? So much has happened. And you'd be like, "Mm, man. So, yeah, the ending works so well. Like, in a way, I'm kind of frustrated at some parts. You know what I mean? Well, I'd say one part, really. It's just the obligatory one year later, right? One year later. And I get it. I get it. But, and I tell you why, uh, you know I mean? It frustrates me at times, because you know that when in certain situations, right? Although the communication lines might be down, there's gonna be a song that comes on that will remind you of shit, right? You will see a color, smell something, you some days you might man just cook something or step in a certain place in your house in a certain way and it's just going to remind you right there's there's these things that you know yeah because it's like you know you create these postcards right these memory postcards and yeah that's what hits you that's what will hit you throughout that year maybe not in the first month. Maybe know in the first week right but there'll be times and especially when you think ah you know what fuck that person and then suddenly boom you, you it all flashes back right you get hit by something and it flashes back and you're like oh sometimes it's just seeing another fucking couple holding hands and doing all of that shit and you'll be like oh man i remember when you know and so I get, yeah, I get the jump. I get the, when the films do the jump, but sometimes you want to see some of those moments because then it makes the other stuff that follows even more powerful. You know, but it's not to say it wasn't. because this? Yeah, people, I love this year. I love this year. You know, so I, I, I just highly. Highly recommend you go and see really love say go and see it's on Netflix people just press the motherfucking button you know I mean (laughs) press the motherfucking button put it in your list for sure put it in your list and watch it because it's just gonna make you feel you know it's gonna make you feel and it might not always be good Right? Because it might make you think about past shit. Right? Might make you think about the ones that got away. Even if it's not like a one that got away, it is still going to dredge through your feelings. Right? It's still going to dredge through your feelings, but it will end with making your heart sing, or making your soul feel warm. And, you know, that's the beauty of a great story, you know, a well put together story, even though it's a story that yes, we've essentially seen it before, but with this twist to it, right, with this unique slant, and as a debut feature, (laughs) yo, Williams and Pride have excelled, the cast excelled, just the whole crew, excelled because really love is just really legit people so yo make your soul happy and put it into your life all right okay people so now it is time to I said, step forward, and we are gonna look at Felicia's directorial debut. You know what I mean? With um, the fantastic tender. Okay, people. So this is an interesting one because I stumbled upon this film because of really love. Right? I enjoyed that one so much that. You know, I obviously when putting these things together, it's getting the the Instagram, you know, all the social media and all of that. So when I went on Felicia's page, saw all the links, and you know, checked them out. Then I saw there was this short film. So I was like, "Yo, let me give this a look." So I checked out Tender, okay, which um, Felicia wrote and directed. It is starring... Uh, hold on, I cannot see this. Oh my days, my sight, people. Um, <clears throat> okay. So yeah, it's starring Falel um, Walker. She plays Kiana. And Trishuna Clark plays Lulu. Uh, Regina... Regina Hoyles produces the film, um, and Felicia Pride executive produces as well. Cinematography is from uh, Ludwika Isidori, it's edited by Tess Kaman, costume designer is sierra wally production design is from dali coils music love the music is asha sante um we've also got ivy grant associate producer um Paige blankenship is first assistant director first assistant camera is Nabushi Sakurari Second assistant camera is Ali Amanio I'm, I'm butchering these names I apologize Set still photography is Avery Archie Location sound mixer Darren Augustus We have Guy Pauls um, Nick Dervu Trey Betts and Emily Blake also doing their thing. Hair and makeup is Gal- Galaxy San um, and with help from Shanti Walker and Ryan Handling. There's more people involved, people, but you know Whew. Okay, so The story. Now, this is what it says on the Tender website. So, Tender is a simple story close to my heart. Tender is about black women loving ourselves and each other fully, our scars, joy, queerness, desire, and vulnerability. I'm fascinated and fortified by the bonds I share with black women, and I wanted to try and capture that power. I also wanted to explore emotional intimacy, sexuality and loss from a black woman lens, which we don't see nearly enough. I also like playing with age and class and I'm compelled to write Gen X female characters like me and my friends who are actively reflecting on their life and in the film's case, a reflection through the eyes of your seemingly younger self. Lastly, because I'm a champion of joy and because black joy is resistance. This is also a film about joy and how we can find both joy and connection in unlikely places when we feel safe and allow ourselves to. So yeah, that's what Felicia wrote about the film. Um, Actually, let me also do this. Uh, uh, uh. All right, so this is what it says on... This is like the, the little blurb on Vima, right? After an unexpected one-night stand, two women at very different stages of their lives share an even more intimate morning after. And so, yeah. I, You know what I mean? Because I think this is the thing, you don't know what it's going to be, right? And so the film starts off and we have, um, I think it's Kiana in the bathroom and she's kind of, you know, looking into the mirror and you kind of feel, oh, well, something's gone down, right? That's the impression that you get. Something's happened. Something's gone down. But she's looking at herself, and then you, you see her, like, run a hand along her stomach, and there's a scar. So I think you can make assumptions of what that probably is, right? And you kind of then i I don't know i got this feeling that it's not so much something has gone wrong but it's the fear of being seen you know what i mean because it's just like you know those times you look at yourself in the mirror and you'd be like oh God damn it, I need to lose weight Or, man, I'm looking old Or, ah, you know, I hate that haircut Or whatever it is But what what you are seeing Isn't necessarily what's getting reflected back Or what other people are seeing But it's that thing, it's that doubt Right, so, you know what I mean Then you hear someone's like, hey, you alright And she's just like, oh, yeah, yeah You know, the lies people make up which are very transparent, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because, hey, you don't have to be standing outside a door of a bathroom to hear water running and all of that jazz. not saying you're going to be spying on someone doing the business, but if someone's just like, oh, I'm just washing my hands, and you can't hear water, it's a bit like, well, you know, it's fine, whatever, do you. So, yeah, she comes out of the bathroom, and so you can see. Oh, okay. Yeah, these two, like it's the it's the next day. There's there's they've done a thing, right? And it's that uh, you know, it's in the daytime now. You see me, kind of business, right? So you see all that, and yeah, obviously, if you have read the blurb, you would know, but. You know, I don't read the blood, of people. So it's you know, we're seeing these characters navigate around each other, and it's like you get the sense Yana wants to leave, right? She wants to jet. But Lulu is a bit like, yo, there's you know, Lulu she she's younger, and so there's still I think that. Freedom, you know what I mean. Now, as the film goes on, we learn Lulu has been through some shit too, but I think that you know she he is freer than Kiana in some respects. Even though, right, they they both give each other knowledge and guidance, right. And it's not in that, you know, that horrible way that sometimes you find in books and films and all of that jazz. And it's just like, you know, the old person suddenly learns something new from the young but No, it's not that. It's not that. But it's these honest conversations that we have. You know what I mean? And sometimes you might say something and be like, ah, well, you know, I used to, but I'm no good. So, but and it's just someone being like, <laughs> hey, I'm sure you're, you're great, right? Why Just keep doing your thing. And sometimes you just need to hear that. And it's these kind of interactions. And it's interesting, right? Because we see just the way, you know, at first is hesitant and then she's, Slowly relaxing Slowly reacting But still not quite there Still not quite there You know Lulu makes some comments when, when she finally takes her jacket off And or, or these kind of things And you can still see there is that little bit But As the conversation goes And it flows Right we, we see The I think there's these realizations that are had And what I really liked is it's the camera. The way the camera angles kind of change as the day goes on, right? We get more kind of close-ups on them. And it's these close-ups like, you know, looking at the nape of a neck or, you know, an earlobe, you know, just hovering around. And it's done with a delicacy and a playfulness that really does invite the situation. It works perfectly, right? Because it, it sucks you in and it makes you go, yeah, I feel that, right? In that situation, right? You've been in those situations with people. And so, you know what I mean, as you feel comfortable, and then you start talking, the flow changes, and we see all of this in the film. And, man, I, I really did enjoy it. I really did enjoy it. It's only 15 minutes, you know what I mean? It's only 15 minutes, but it, it really does tell the story. It really does tell the story. And... Right at the end, I wasn't quite sure which way they were gonna go. Right, because there's, a, there's something that is said earlier, and you're like, okay, is she's not gonna then be like, I think I'm gonna, but no, and and it just ends with this little comment, and you're like, yeah, that's perfect, man. That's perfect because we we get to see this journey right it's only it's a morning it's a it's it's a realization you know they they get to be vulnerable but as you know felicia says in you know the blurb i just read earlier right where she wanted to tell this story and and the different levels of intimacy but still have the joy, and that's the thing, because they touch on these things that didn't go well in their lives, right, both of these experiences, but there is still the joy, right, there is still this connection, this, you know, realization that they have within each other, And so it ends on that kind of note. And it it was just so nice to see. So nice. Because I think when people start, you know, talking about certain things, you'd be like, oh no, is it going to be one of those, (laughs) one of those things where it just just rips out your emotions and you're just like, I mean, I liked it, but it's like, why does it always have to be so painful? (laughs) Like, why does it have to be so painful? And it wasn't. And I, that, Boom, I loved it. Loved it. Because, yeah, oftentimes, you know, and I've said it before, stories are kind of full, filled with slavery and, you know, rape and beatings and just all of this kind of stuff. Injustices. And it's just like, yo, I know. <laughs> I've lived it, son. Do I have to read it and watch it all the time? So it, it's always nice when you get these different types of stories. And this is a different type of relationship story. Relationship journey. So people, if you like those stories, i I really say you need to check out tender right if you like stuff like um my first summer right um from a to q you know love is a hand grenade if you like that kind of stuff then i definitely i definitely will say tender it's going to be the lick for you people. So people, check it out. The links in the episode information. So yeah, give it a watch. Bring some joy into So now it is time, right? You, you, you've you, heard about, you know what I mean? What I feel about the films, right? Now we get to speak to the lady who brought those things to light. We talk to the great the magnificent head honey in charge The phenomenal people it is time to hear from felicia pride okay so people i am joined right now by felicia pride who man like last year we talked about really love which was just an incredible film, and yeah, Felicia wrote the film. And so, yeah, I want to get this conversation, and she was good enough to you know I mean stop by today to conversate. So, Felicia, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, yeah, it's like <laughs> you know, what I mean, you do a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> so, you're an author writer, you 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 direct yourself, you know what I mean? Like, where does all that inspiration come from? You know what I mean? What's the driving force for you wanting to be able to put these things out into the world?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's telling stories uh, about Black people that shows our full lives, um, so that we're fully realized on screen from, you know, our challenges to our joys, to our pain, to our love, to our um, desires, to see all of that on screen. So that's kind of like my purpose, I think. Um, and I, I also zone in on Black women in particular um, and to uh, not only tell those stories, but to make sure those stories reach the people that they're intended for um, and to help others do the same. That's kind of like what I... Uh, think of as my purpose and my professional purpose and um, that's that's kind of what drives me
0: mm. there's yeah there's just something in I think it's the honesty of the situations right because I don't know the thing that jumped in my mind when I watched Really Love was Love Jones mm. That, that was the fit because, you know what I mean? I just remember watching Love Jones back in the day and just, you know, what I mean? the way that story resonated because it there was that honesty in it. It didn't seem like the typical, you know what I mean, Hollywood thing that you usually saw and the way things went. There was a realness in the conversations and just scenarios and everything like that. And then you had the great soundtrack. And with Really Love, it was a a similar, I felt it was a similar thing, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, Love Jones was definitely a a huge inspiration to myself and Angel Christy Williams, who's the director of Really Love. We really wanted to, um, the thing about Really Love for me in particular were a few things, was uh, absolutely the music, the soundtrack, right? So when Angel and I would talk about it, we are like, we want to have a dope soundtrack, Uh, (laughs) You know that that is reminiscent of of Love Jones. Um, also, sort of the the ups and downs of their relationship felt very genuine to me, so uh, wanted to see that again on screen. And then also like the sensuality of the film, the sensuality of the love scenes in particular, um, also felt like that was something that we have we haven't seen enough of, um, and wanting to to see that on screen as well.
0: Yeah, like I think it didn't seem exploitative, you know what I mean? Like everything just felt genuine and it felt like it needed to be there, right?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think that Angel and our DP, Sean Peters, just captured it. Captured the the scene so lovely, and then, you know, our uh, Kofi and Yuta were just amazing and open, and um, it was just beautiful. I remember the first time I I saw the scenes. I was I, it was more than I could have imagined in terms of like what I was trying to capture on on the page, you know. Um, so yeah, very special.
0: Yeah. How was that collaboration with you and Angel in, you know, bringing this whole thing to life?
1: Yeah, I mean, we met at a cookout uh, at a mutual friend and... Angel was, you know, we were just talking and she says she wants to direct. And I was like, well, what do you want to direct? She said a romantic feature, a romantic drama. And I was like, I have a romantic drama. And I have sent her the script like that night. And she uh, immediately was like, I get it. I see it. Um, And then we started meeting and started redeveloping the script um, to more align with what she was like envisioning in her head. Um, And then we sold it, (laughs) sold it to Macro, so, you know, a black run production company who really understood it. But prior to that, it was 10 years of me trying to, you know, I was in living in DC at the time, did not know how to get a film made. So it was a very long time of no's and trying to get people to read it, and people telling me it was too small. People telling me that they've seen things like this a million times, and I'd have to respond with black people in it. Like it was a lot of. uh, It took a lot to bring this to 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 screen, and then even after we sold it, you know, it took a lot to, you know, get it into production took a lot to um, sell it to Netflix. Like filmmaking is a very arduous process. And this little baby's how we call, how Angel and I kind of referred to it, um, you know, was challenging. <laughs> <It> was very, <laughs> very challenging, um, but really proud of the fact that we did it and really proud of the reception to the film. Um, Cause you, you never know. Uh, and you know, I make work for Black people. So to have Black people tell me that they watched it, number one, is a huge deal. In our in our days, these days, you know, there's so much that can take people's attention. Um, so I don't take for granted that people actually watch um, things that I work on. Uh, so to have Black people watching and have Black people, you know, comment and discuss and debate and, you know, slot in our DMs with opinions, like... the overwhelming experience
0: yeah like what you know I mean when you sell something like that to Netflix and it's like you know I mean you say it's not this easy journey but you finally get there and then they put it out there and it you know I mean just resonates with people the way it has like, what kind of conversations do they then have with you? Do they hit you up? Do they say, "Hey, we like more. We want to continue this relationship." Like, what happens?
1: You know, black people will tell you exactly how they how they feel. And so, yeah, I would get tagged in conversations about you know, and it would not necessarily be like great. They, it wouldn't necessarily always be glowing, right? <laughs> I still
0: get hmm. tagged
1: in conversations. Um, especially about the ending. There was a lot of conversation about the ending, What uh, expected the ending was always gonna be open-ended. The film used to be called open-ended. So it was never going to be neatly tied up in a bow, uh, mainly because I felt like love is not often tied up in a bow um, and it ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs. It comes back around and um, but yeah, it it was, it was tremendous, the conversation about it. But I also had to, you know, realize that once we're finished and it's released, it's for the people now. You know what I mean? Like, it's the people. Mm. So it is for the people to discuss and make their own and challenge and all those things.
0: Yeah, so you said it used to be called Open It. Like, what what changed the name? Because sometimes you see that with films and, and stuff, yeah. and it's had one name and then they change it. And sometimes you think, "Ah, the old name; it should have been that." Or, "Oh, that's a great change. It made sense to change it to this." So, I what it was
1: a couple of things. I think it was just like to also kind of make the project feel fresh. Because again, I, I've been trying to sell this for quite some time, and then also I think open ended kind of um, may give 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 away the story. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so.
0: Yeah, I think that was part part of the decisions why to change the name. Okay. Yeah, no, I like the new name. And yeah. as you said, I think if you call it open-ended, the, there is that kind of thought in your mind from the giddy up that okay, I don't think it's possibly gonna end yeah. on a certain note, you know. But yeah. I did love the way it ended, right? Uh okay. I, I kind of messed up because I just watched it again. I just watched it again and I just like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that because man, it was just, I just remember the first time I watched it and it was just like, you know what I mean? You're riding for this situation, right? And also it kind of happens in a way you think, yeah, I think I'd have, I think I'd have made those moves, right? (laughs) I I can see myself doing that kind of thing. And then it just, ah, when it all starts to slip, Mm. Like, you can kind of see it from both people's point of view, right? Like, like you think to yourself, you know what I mean? I think you can have certain thoughts of, like, how it should have been and the, I think, allowances that could have been made but then it happens and then you're just like, ah, and then when when there's that next and you're just like, oh shit, okay.
1: Yeah. And, and then it, again,
0: it's, it's like.
1: interesting oh. because, you know, I was an artist coming of age in DC, trying to date. Um, mm. and it challenging, it's particularly because DC is an interesting place where there's like a lot of, you know, black professionals, right? Um, and there's a culture around Black professionals, and and I was this broke artist. <laughs> on the flip side, I've dated broke artists, you know what I mean? So I know what that feels like and the challenges with that. Um, and like you said, they both have very valid perspectives. You have an artist who, you know, this this was his dream, and he was so close to, to getting put on. Um, and you have this uh, dream who... Uh, you know, I, I think that all the characters in the movie are dreamers. Mm. And you have Stevie, who um, also has dreams, but wants to be supportive. And then you have these gender roles that come into play. So it makes it more even more complicated. Um, so, yeah, we could absolutely see both of their perspectives in that.
0: Yeah, I, I think the painting at the end is a crazy moment. <laughs> because it's like you know I mean it, it must be this crazy like just on and knowing that you are the inspiration for a thing but then the painting itself you're just like ah but then how do you feel being out there like that uh, yeah. so it's this crazy kind of moment and you're just left on that and you're just looking and you're just like <sighs> and you just wonder like yo what happens next like how is this going to go and, and that's the thing that I just, I really enjoyed about the film. Because as you said, it's just like, these things, they're always fluid. You know, even when you have these films that end on that happy, everyone's together and blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, but what happens next?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? We assume with uh films that have end happy that that's how it's going to last, right? That's the assumption that's in our head. Um, and so with this film, you know, it's really left up to interpretation um, because we don't say one way or the other, you know, mm. What's next? Um, it's really left up to interpretation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and mean, also, I just, um, oh, no, actually, before I get to that, with the music, right, how did you kind of decide what was going to go in and what wasn't and what, you know, he worked for these moments and everything like that because.
1: Yeah, that's, really angel. that's really angel and working with the music supervisors to be able to tell that story through music as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, but when you're writing uh, a script like this, is are there songs that come to mind? or just the essence of a song? So you might not think that song is playing, but you're just like, oh, something similar to this. Oh,
1: both. I mean, you know, I came through, I came up as a writer, as an as a entertainment music journalist. I wrote a book about hip hop called The Message. I write to music. Like music is a very important part of my life. So all my scripts for the most part have music references or music cues. Um, yeah. I need to give a a sense of like what I'm thinking because you know it can be hard to get the same exact song you know um, but mostly to like set a mood.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. I yeah. The, the music, it's just I enjoy it so much, right? And it's funny because there's 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 certain films that just work on that level. Like uh, Queen and Slim, like that, again, yeah, that, that was, was something soundtrack. else where it was just like, yo. Yeah,
1: great soundtrack. I, I mm. listened to that soundtrack. Yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So you, were you involved with the casting mm. of the film and, and that kind of element of it? Um,
1: well, I would see tapes, so Angel would share tapes with me and we'd talk about it. I mean, we actually, it's funny because Kofi was like at the top of our list for a long time. (laughs) Um, Like we went to see him, we went to see the movie Kicks that he was in. I remember they played it at USC and Angel and I were like front row and Kofi just looked amazing. He just is like has such a presence Mm -hmm. Um, and he was so great in the film. Um, And so he was at the top of our list and I actually was staffed on Queen Sugar before we were finished casting um, Really Love. So it just became this connection of like having seen his work on Queen Sugar directly. um, And then for him to be cast Really Love was like just this serendipitous thing. So he was at the top of our list for a really, really long time. Um, But we were also very clear that we wanted chocolate people in the film. (laughs) Like we wanted to see chocolate on screen. So that was like in the script. Um, so Angel really, really made sure to stay true to that, um, working with the casting director um, and the producers to make that happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, the casting is great. It, it's one of those things where it's just like they didn't, they, they didn't seem any weak points mm. of the film. Right. Like everything worked. All the performances worked. Just I just love the camera work and just, you know, the cinematography and just it all just fit together so perfectly.
1: It was such a blessing to have, you know, collaborators at the top of their game work on this film. You know, like that is such a blessing. (laughs) It is such a huge blessing.
0: Yeah, no, I I can definitely imagine, and when you're writing this story, right? Because, they, they, I mean, there's like what people were telling you, you know, what I mean, like, oh, we've seen stories like this, and you know, why do you want to tell this story and that kind of thing? And I will say, there's, there there have been, you know, I mean, black films about relationships and stuff like that. But I do think there is a distinct difference. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, when you're writing it, are you looking at what's already out there and thinking, okay, what are the things that I'm not getting from these stories? Like, or is it just, I don't know, what just comes out of there? Like, you're, it's not like you're looking at, I need to fill this void it's just this is the story that was in you to tell
1: i think it's i think it's both i think there's sometimes there are stories that are just in me um like i'm working on a um multi-generational story following a grandmother mother and a daughter in baltimore that is inspired by my family that's just in me that's just a story that i have to tell um there's other times where I do think I'm like I feel like we haven't seen this I want to see this um mm-hmm. so I tell that story um and so that's kind of how like really love was it was like I, I don't I wanted to tell uh like one movie that was a big inspiration for really love was Blue Valentine um I was like we don't really have mm. how do we seen a Black Blue Valentine. Um, there possibly could have been some out there, and I'm sure there were. I just hadn't seen it, and I and I wanted to... Uh, I was just, like, inspired by that film. Um, so that's sometimes how it happens, too, where it's like, I want to see uh, this part of Black Lives realized on screen,
0: you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, Blue Valentine is such a great film. But even something like Blue there's I don't feel Blue Valentine was a huge film. It wasn't. You it know was, what I mean? And and it's just like it
1: had a small budget um in comparison for the cast, you know, mm. it a pretty remarkable cast, but it was still considered a small budget film in that way. Um wasn't it wasn't a big film, but like uh, I, I feel like it was impactful for those who like uh, love Blue Valentine or saw themselves in Blue Valentine or saw something in Blue Valentine um it was special in that way you know
0: Yeah because I, I think it's films like that films like um Richard Linklater's before trilogy yeah you know I mean they're yeah. the yeah. films
1: those as well yeah
0: yeah they're the films that really resonate with me. You know what I mean? Because it's just like those big budget films, it it always just I don't know, the, the situations never feel real. You know what I mean? I and and so-
1: also sometimes different purposes, right? Sometimes mm. it's to be aspirational, sometimes it's to be escapist, you know. Um, and then in, in this because I, you know, I have some. Uh, studio features that I'm writing right now that are bigger um, and they're meant to feel aspirational. Um, yeah. Then there are times when I want to write a story that feels more um, grounded, not so heightened. Um, so I think there's space for all types of stories. I think for me, what's, what's still, I love the word that you used, honesty, like still having honesty in those experiences, whether it's heightened or not.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I I think you really do that as well with Tender. Thank
1: you, baby.
0: That is uh, like it's 15 minutes, but you get this just incredible journey, right? I don't read the synopsis of films, (laughs) you know what I mean? Before I watch them, I just kind of like that too. Yeah. I, it's all because I re, I remember back in the day I, I I remember getting a phone call from a friend like a couple of times where they're just like yo you want to go to the cinema and I'm just like I don't know what's out they're mm-hmm. like oh there's this film it's like com- in the computer and boom we went and it's the Matrix <laughs> and I knew nothing about it and I just remember sitting there so like away Whoa, right oh what's happening here. And and the other one was Gladiator. I remember oh, wow. just you open up with that crazy scene in the forest, yeah. and, everything, and it's just like, man, just that. And I just always want to recapture that. So I don't watch trailers. I don't read the blurb. So it's just like watching Tender and that opening scene. And you know she's in the bathroom and she's looking. And at first I'm thinking, oh, something bad has happened, <laughs> right? Because you're watching it and she's, she, I don't know, she feels very pensive and just like nervous and there just seems an energy there. And then when she kind of runs a hand over her scar and you're just like, oh, what's going that?" But then you kind of realize what it is. You know what I mean? It, it, it's being open, it's being seen. And it's that fear of like you know what I mean rejection and will someone accept yeah, me and just yeah. all of that and I I just loved the way you worked the camera because it felt like as the the walls were coming down like the the different angles changed like you know what I mean you you kind of focused in on like the nape of the neck and the, the smile and just things like that. And it got like playful and it just, and so it brings you in, right? And you think about those moments where, you know, I mean, you're, you, you, you're with someone for the first time and you're just like, you're a little nervous and you're like, oh, you know, how's this gonna go? It's like, what's happening? But then as you warm up, it, you you get more relaxed and all of that came out and, and it was just, so interesting the way you told the story and you did a little dance off and just all of this kind of thing and you just it's i just on the website and you break down what you wanted to do with the film right and and you're just about telling the story but you wanted the joy there and they both both characters have that pain in their life they both had things that you know i mean impacted them mm-hmm. but it doesn't sit on those things and i love that
1: yeah i mean a couple things one you know my cinematographer ludovica is a is a beast she was also camera operating so that's you see her movements right and i and it was very important to have a female lens on this film um and she's amazing uh the first scene, it's funny because there was a scene previously in the script that we see Kiana get out of bed from Lulu and go into the bathroom. And I was like, I think we should cut this scene. I think we should start with her in the bathroom and have to figure out what happened. So that was a decision that I made, like, not uh, close to production. I was like, let's cut the scene. Like, let's start right from the bathroom. And I think that that was a good choice. Um, And to your last point, um, you know, there's this conversation around trauma and and trauma in Black stories. And I'm from the opinion that uh, Black stories can have trauma in it because Black people have trauma in their lives. I think what sometimes is missing is a counterpart to that, Um, which Mm. is often joy. Um, because I know that as Black people, as we move through the world with trauma, we're still able to laugh, we're still able to make love, we're still able to, um, you know, be with our families, we're still able to have dreams. And so I'm always looking to uh, have a counter, counterpoint for that. Um, and, you know, in the, Kiana has, Kiana's the the, the older character, I should say, yeah. in the film, she's gone through something traumatic. Uh, so trauma is in tender, but to your point, there's the counterpoint of, um, joy and sisterhood and tenderness and vulnerability and the things that black people still are able to have in their lives, um, while being oppressed, while experiencing trauma, while all these other things are going on.
0: Yeah. It, you know, the thing that I feel that, you get from the film is like, they both seem to give each other something, mm-hmm. right? But you didn't do it in that in that way that you often see, where it's just like the young person imparts wisdom to the old person. And it's just like, oh, I didn't yeah. think I could learn anything new. And you taught me this. Like it didn't come off mad corny or anything like that. It just, it felt, as I said, it felt honest right? I think there's an honesty in the way you're telling these stories and I think that really jumps off the screen.
1: Thank you. you, know, Thank
0: it's, you. it's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've had this conversation with friends before, it's just like there's certain, you know what I mean, there, there's certain books and films, and like, I can't do it, right? <laughs> because I, I read these books, I watch these films and they're well done but it hurt so much you know what I mean? like i can't. like i remember seeing um oh gosh mud um mudbound yes mudbound yeah i, I saw it as part of uh i think it played in t- the 2018 london film festival over here um and it was an incredible film like i and i thought mary J really gave a great performance yeah. in it Right. You know, I thought that was her breakout role where, you know what I mean? Sometimes you see people trying their hand at acting and you're like, right, I see what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it's not quite there. And yeah. then they do that role where you're just like, oh, shit, they worked it out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that was the one where she worked it out. But I just remember <laughs> leaving the cinema and I was just like, <laughs> oh shit, like I was just like, I need something happy now because mm-hmm. it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the problem sometimes with a lot of black stories. Do you know what I mean? That it's just all trauma. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, I understand the trauma. I I know the history, I understand I've been in these situations, but there's also the, the, the happy points, yes, right? And it's the the search for the happiness sometimes. It's like maybe we don't always get there straight away, but it's not like we're sitting going, I just want to be sad. You right. know what I mean? So it's just like it's nice to have, you know what I mean, that counterbalance.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree.
0: Mm. Yeah. So like, where was, you know, where did the story for tender come from?
1: Um, it actually came from uh, a longer piece. Uh, have a pilot with these two characters, Kiana oh. and Lulu, in it. Um, and when I was thinking about directing, because I had basically told myself I couldn't direct. I didn't see, like, a director. All these lies I told myself. I had to kind of like get over the fear. I took a bunch of classes. Once I was ready to direct, I wanted something that was not gonna be overly complicated for my first time out, but Mm -hmm. would still be impactful and still sort of be a calling card in terms of the themes that I want to explore in my work or the themes that I do explore in my work. So Kiana and Lulu felt like it was a story that I can explore the themes of black love, um, sexuality, desire, joy, trauma, like all in one sisterhood, um, the American dream bumping up against that. And, you know, those are all themes that you'll see and really love. Those are pretty much themes you'll see in all my work across the board. Um, and I wanted it to do that while also being one location, one day, two actors, and also from a budget standpoint, you know, we crowdfunded for tender, So we had to like try to keep it as producible as possible. Um, so that's where that's where it came from uh,
0: okay and are you still looking to develop the the bigger idea of it
1: yes um, I had to kind of put it to the side for a minute because you know I wasn't I, I did not set out to create a feature like I wasn't like using tender as, as a proof of concept for a feature but then when it was released people were like we want more and so I was like okay but I didn't know what Almost. I honestly took months to be like, what is this? And then when I finally cracked it, I was like, oh, this is a much bigger movie than I expected. So I'm putting in, I'm going to the one I just mentioned about the multi-generational story that takes place in Baltimore doing that one first and then mm-hmm. going back to Tender.
0: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Man, yeah. I, I, I definitely look forward to seeing where that goes because I love the way it ended. You know what I mean? Because you wonder what's going to happen at that moment and then when it's just like, oh, should we just and you're like, yeah no, that's <laughs> great That's great <laughs> I on Twitter like, was
1: like, Felicia Pride and these endings <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, But I, I think, you know what I mean? It's like you can see those things in your own life like you can be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in a similar situation or, you know, what I mean, something like that happened. So it, I, I think that's the thing, right? You can empathize with the characters and the way things happen and, and run and all of that kind of thing. I think that's the that's the big thing, because sometimes in these films and you, know what I mean? you don't always have to be able to be like oh yeah I've cool I remember the time I you know what I mean had a fight with Thanos you, know I mean? you don't have to be able to do that but I think sometimes it's those little connections that really help bring these things to life you know yeah yeah, yeah. and you know busy you, you just said um that you were telling yourself you couldn't direct like what was like, what was the things that you thought you, why you couldn't? And then, you know I mean? You, you did a course and that, but what was the thing that then made you think, okay, now I can do this now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought I couldn't, because I think that, you know, first of all director, the, the role of director is like put on such a high pedestal, right? It's very lofty. And it's also always, uh, uh, often, you know, a white dude, um on the perch. And I also just, you know, didn't grow up knowing directors, didn't that wasn't on my radar. Um and so it was really seeing more directors who look like me um, and be encouraged by them. Um, and then understanding more about what directors do. Um, and also understanding that there's all types of directors, right? Mm-hmm. There are directors who are very technical, visually. There are directors who are amazing with actors. There are directors who, you know, can do it all. So there's different, so being okay with what type of director I was going to start out to be, and also thinking about what type of director I wanted to be, Um, and also focusing on a superpower going in, um, which is story, which is story for me, right? Focusing on that and being able to work, bring on Collaborators at the top of their game, talk story with them and allow them to translate that into their their craft, into their department. You know, allowing costume to translate that. The other thing was I focused on um, to get ready working with actors because that's the only department that doesn't have a department head, right? So like I focused on um, really, really, and it's interesting because Pharrell Walker who plays Kiana, Trishana Clark plays Lulu. Pharrell was in one of was one of the actors who was a part of the workshop that I was doing. I didn't get a chance to work with her, but she blew me away. And when Tinder came around, I could not get Pharrell out of my mind. <laughs> and so we offered the role to her because I, I, I saw her range and I was like, she would be amazing. And she blew my mind again. Um, and then to have Trishana who was so amazing and blew my mind and was vulnerable and all the things, I was very, very blessed. So I realized too that um, Working with top craftsmen <laughs> goes a long way when it comes to directing, and then also learning what I want to learn more. So I've been in what I've been calling film school since Tender. <laughs> like I've been taking classes on cinematography and color and um, composition and all the things, um, so I can continue to build up my skill set as a director.
0: Mm. Now, when you do that kind of thing, because I'm curious about this, right? Because I think there's sometimes you see people read the books and, you know, what I mean, go to classes and things like that. And these things will teach you in a certain way. So when you come out, sometimes you do things how that, how you were taught and so it doesn't have your voice yet and you can kind of you know I mean there's some directors that you see and then you learn that oh they worked with these people and so you can see those influences and then there's a point when then they become their own thing yeah. you know I mean so it's just like when you do that when you you know I mean? you do these classes and you you do this kind of research and study how do you learn but then still keep your voice like even considering the fact that you're you know early in the in you know in in the game in that respect kind of thing
1: yeah it's interesting because I actually take it back to you know when I came out here with what would what would become open-ended the script and what what would become open-ended you know I was still self-teaching myself structure right? Screenwriting structure. Cause I came from the book world. I came from journalism, but what I had going for me when people were read the script, what they liked was voice. So mm. I've been cultivating voice for 20 years, <laughs> like since I first <laughs> wrote my first piece, which was a review of no more, uh, Mary's no more drama album in 2002, When uh, I inserted myself all in that piece. Um, which is why <laughs> I give a lot of, when people talk about inspirations for me, hip hop was a huge inspiration. And then the writers who, the journalists who were covering hip hop, because there was an assertion of the I in pieces, Mm. more creative nonfiction than anything. So it helped you to establish a voice. And some of my favorite journalists and cultural critics had such amazing voices that I've been cultivating voice for a really, really long time that um, that, like losing that is not a concern to me or, you know, um, not, not being sure of my voice isn't, isn't really a concern um, because it's been just like years and years and years of cultivation. Um, and to the point now where I think that I, I'm developing a through line of my work that is both thematic but that is also voice, even in projects that I don't direct or, you know, uh, I'm still in it and people mm. can feel that.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 can, I definitely feel you see that in tender and really love The that, you know what I mean? Just the, the themes and the way it's written and there's just like the little nuances and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I think you kind of can, see that pattern which is nice
1: and also you know i've had the pleasure as a as a tv writer and now a tv writer producer um to be on set with various different directors right um and what's so great about that is like i'm watching them essentially shadowing (laughs) and watching them and and being able to say i would do it like this (laughs) you know understanding what they're doing right that's the learning piece of it and then say i would do it like this (laughs) <laughs> so that has been also helpful in like the directorial voice. You know, I think the thing that I'm thinking about is directorial style. You know, um, more so than more so than voice, uh, but I think that that's forming as well. I think that that's forming.
0: Hmm. Now, when you are like writing and planning these things out. Like, do you feel, do you kind of think about, like, the color tones and, you know, just the different kind of shots that you want to take and utilize and all of that kind of thing? Or does that kind of come later?
1: That comes later for me. Like, I want to keep my writer hat on and really be uh, immersed in the story that's on the page Um, and then take the writer hat off and put the directing hat on um, and really be thinking about how to translate it visually, right? Um, I think sometimes what happens is the producer hat comes on while I'm writing. The director hat doesn't come off, but the producer hat will come on. That's because of like my TV work. Um, And then just also knowing that some of my projects are more low budget. So I am conscious of, can can this actually be shot? (laughs) Like, I'm mm-hmm. I really going to put this, you know, in this location. So I do think about that when I'm writing sometimes, because especially for TV, because what you write is going to be produced. And I think a lot of times writers don't have that luxury because sometimes we're writing, writing and never get anything produced. There's, you know, screenwriters who have never gotten a feature produced, which is heartbreaking, right? So like writing to a budget or writing to understanding you may not have done, but the TV part of my career has really had me thinking about things that are producible. So that's the hat that'll creep in. Uh,
0: And is it a lot different, like doing things for TV and doing it for film or is it more a case of scale?
1: Um, I think it's a case of speed. Uh, TV moves really, really fast. Um, And again, you know, it will be produced (laughs) So, Mm. with your feature. You don't know, you don't know if it's gonna be produced, Um, but if you're writing an episode of television um, on staff, you know, it's gonna be produced. Uh, So there is a, again, you're thinking about writing it so that it's producible. Um, But I also think TV just moves so much faster. Um, also, it's long form, particularly if you are a, on a show that's serialized, right? So, I realize that often as writers, we're not able to long to learn long form storytelling uh, until we get into a room because we're usually just writing pilots. We're not thinking about how episode two hundred eight uh, tracks with episode two hundred two. We're not mm-hmm. thinking about, in my case. Uh, episode 1802 <laughs> and how it tracked with episode 1717. Um, so you really don't are able to flex that muscle as much until you get into a room. So that's been incredibly helpful to me um, in terms of like long form storytelling and thinking about emotional journeys over a longer period of time, which you know is a little bit different than feature writing. Um, but I think helps with the feature writing, particularly if you're t- telling a feature story that takes place over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. How you track that emotional journey? Uh, TV writing has helped with that tremendously.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Now, one thing I'm I'm curious about is the music, right? Because you know, starting off as you know, music journalist and that kind of thing. And there's, I remember back in the day, I, I used to write for a few magazines, just like some freelance stuff. And, and and it's just that kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Going to a concert and then just grabbing some words with someone, right? And and just the energy and the vibe and trying to bring that out in the writing. You know what I mean? Like, um, what was some of the, the, you know what I mean? Like, those seminal moments for you, like what were some of those albums that really resonated, or some of those concerts that you went to, and you're just like, "Oh shit, this is fire!"
1: Yeah, like so, I was like, chronicling, or I, I would say I was, I was focusing on like what was ne- then neo soul artists. Um, so I remember seeing India Ire for her second album. Voyage to India, which I love that album, mm. um, Bryant Park. Uh, that was one of my assignments. And it was an amazing concert. And I love the album. So to be able to cover that was amazing. I remember um, early back in the day, uh, Talib Kweli's Quality, his first solo album, oh, going to the Going to the Rockus uh, offices when Rockus Records was open and interviewing him there um, was... Amazing from back in the day, um, I rem- so I would spend a lot of time at SOBs. So I would cover like I remember interviewing Dwele when his first album actually came out. You know his music had been leaked uh, for quite some time, and then when his first album came out, I interviewed Kindred, Family Soul. Um, oh gosh, I can't even remember all the people. There were just so many. But SOBs, it was like small, intimate venues was like my thing. Um, yeah. And covering Soul Artists. Nice. Oh, Donnie. Donnie was huge because I love Donnie. Mm. Uh, And oof, I I wish there was more Donnie (laughs)
0: albums
1: (laughs) and like his perspective as an artist. And um, yeah, I can't even. There's so many. There's so many.
0: (laughs) Who do you like to mess with now?
1: Well, I just went to a Robert Glasper concert on Friday um, oh. to celebrate 10 years of Black radio. I love the new album, I think the new album is great. Mm. Um, and he brought out Layla Hathaway, Bilal, Music Child, D Smoke, um, Elder Barge. It was fucking amazing. Um, I love Mary's album, new album as well. Like she sounds amazing. Uh, the music is, like, mature and, like, merry at the same time. So I'm just, like, really into it. Mm. Um, who else am I listening to? I still listen to a lot of soul music, old soul and newer soul. Um Who have I been getting into? Every time when people ask me questions, actually, let me pull up my Apple Music because that'll help me. I'm always like, I can't think. You know, when people are like, who are you into? Um, hmm, I've been listening to a lot of old dream stuff, funny enough, um, which has been great. I really, I've been getting into Gold Link. I hadn't really gotten into Gold Link. The Gold Link, um, I like Terrace Martin's Drones. I thought that was a great album. I've been listening to a lot of Mick Jenkins from, hip, like, on the hip-hop side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then James Blake. I like his new album. I saw okay. him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, he was great. Um, so I love live music that I realized mm-hmm. on Friday, I was like, oh, live music feeds my soul. Like, mm. I really need it in my life. Like, yes. uh, it's and so I'm going to smoking grooves next weekend, which I'm really excited about. um because I saw Erica recently. I'll try. I'll see Erica whenever she comes around. She was amazing at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, I love her. so yeah, I've been I've been seeing some really great concerts.
0: oh man, that's fire. Yeah, I think mean, that was one of the the big things I've really missed like over the last yeah. couple of years because, it's fun. I, so funny. I was having this conversation on Saturday. And um, it's like, you do, sometimes don't realize it until you say it. Because I, I was talking, like we were talking about, you know, seeing people live. And uh, then it's just like, wait, how many concerts do you go to a year? And I'm just like, I know man. I mean that's where I spend most of my money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I and mean, you think I, I, I go that. to like at least 20 a year, usually more. I love it, that. Like,
1: yes. I feel the that.
0: energy of it. Just
1: I feel that. I feel that, like, yeah. Where did I just oh, and I also saw Robert Glasper reimagine Duke Ellington uh like a month ago. That was amazing. Um, yeah, concerts are my thing. And I, I think you like smaller venues. I mean, the house yeah. out here is huge, but it feels, it doesn't feel huge. um But I tend to like smaller venues.
0: Oh, no, smaller venues are just, there's I remember, like, I was one of the last things I covered was Dead Prez mm. at a, a spot called the Subterranean. It's no more. They knocked it down for housing, but oh. that venue was fire. And- <laughs> Friday night, I just remember we used to go down and, uh, you know, I remember seeing the Beat Nuts there, oh, wow. um, like Common there. There's so many great gigs wow. there. And, yeah, I, like dead prayers. And then I just remember I had my little tape recorder with me and I just going across it and I'm just grabbing some words. <laughs> Transcri- oh, that was –
1: that transcribing those interviews, Lord. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was –
0: Yeah, yeah, I Um, hate transcribing.
1: (laughs) But what memories? Yeah, I have my little. Oh, I remember when I um, was it DMC I interviewed, and my tape recorder was not working, and (sighs) it was was so bad. Oh man, I'm like missed so. Oh, anyway, those were the days.
0: Oh man, yeah, for real, for real. But it, it, it's just, I think it's being able to bring these things alive. That's the thing that always got me, right? It, it's just like, how can I capture this energy that that's yeah. in this room right now? How can I let people understand how incredible that was? Or if you're talking about an album, it's just like, okay, how do I make it clear what track free does? You yeah. know, what I mean, just the way that just shakes yeah. you. How, how yeah. do I bring that across on the page?
1: Yeah, it's tough,
0: yeah, it's but tough. it's fun because it, <laughs> it, it's all story. I love storytelling, right? Yeah. And it's just finding those ways to connect and like bring people with you on this journey. That's Absolutely. always just the fascinating Absolutely. thing, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so like um you've got the the three generational story coming. Um so that's the next that's the next thing
1: uh that that'll be my directorial debut you know god willing uh I have a film uh show in development at Netflix
0: okay. um
1: have a show in development that's actually a music uh, show in development at FX with my friend. We're co-creating it. Um, I have two films at Universal. One is an erotic romance, which I'm really excited about, called Deeper. And then the other is um, a love story set in Collegiate Track and Field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm building brick by brick my production company called Honey Child, which is focused on telling and sharing stories by, for, and about Black women 40 over, forty and over, like myself. Um, so stories that center us, stories that have us behind the camera, stories that are biased. so it doesn't necessarily have to be a Black woman at the center, it might be a wide dystopian pilot. I want to know about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just recently launched our first podcast called Child Please. Mm. Uh, which is us talking about just issues and, and experiences of being black and being a woman uh, forty and over, and we're looking to release a couple of more podcasts this year, which I'm really excited about. So I'm um, staying busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I listened to the last episode, honey. Oh,
1: my-
0: yeah. yeah, I I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. You know what I mean? I I just thought it was interesting you know just the way that you talked about you know the budgeting and everything like that but it was just like man like i i felt you when um i forget forget the name of your I, yes um and, and you said the story and she's like yeah and i'm a 6 year old and i just going around the court and you think the story's going to go one way and she's like and then i get hit and you're like yo what what are you doing, <laughs> like, doing no that. i
1: it was like whoa like <laughs> But to her point, like you know, you. You never know one what people have been through, and two, like. A lot of our financial situations stem from, you know, either luck, quote unquote, luck, if that's what you want to call it, or um, you know, lessons that were passed down from our parents or things that happened mm. to us when we were in childhood, like. The connection and the relationship with money is a deep one particularly for black people and black women um so yeah i was i was shocked
0: but <laughs> yeah but it's it's i think the interesting thing is it's not you don't always get people turning around and helping you up the ladder right and i think that's sometimes the issue Right. Because I think we you can see in other cultures and things like that where people are helping each other all the time. And I just think sometimes we don't do that, you know, like well, no, I,
1: I feel like we do. I, and I think other cultures, you know, are they helping each other or are they helping whiteness? Right. That would be my question. Um, mm. I think There's a shared mission to keep whiteness um, in power. Uh, but I do, I, I personally, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I personally have experienced it in my life of Black people um, helping me along. Um, I've also experienced where Black people, you know, want to be close to white power structures, <laughs> and therefore do not help along. Um, mm. So I have the context for that. Um, but I, I don't know, a, a lot of my career, even the decision to move to LA was, you know, because of my mentor who was a Black woman. You know, um, the people who helped to bring tender to life were black women. Uh, so I I yeah, I' I've, I've experienced the opposite, more of the opposite in my life of black women or black people helping. Um, you know, my first showrunner Anthony Sparks, on Queen Sugar was an amazing. he's he's like a mentor to me to the day. my you know, hired me. a 39-year-old, essentially turning 39 as a staff writer um, in television and was an amazing leader and mentor to me. So I've had some really great experiences. And again, that's speaking for myself. I know there are a lot of crabs in the barrel as well, but I also think that sometimes when we think about, you know, white folks in particular helping each other, it's
0: whiteness. (laughs) It's yeah no I, I, I yeah I, I think that's that's true yeah yeah it's it's not across the board yeah it's not across the board but I just think it's like it's it's important and it's good when you know these things are passed down right people are sharing that information you know what I mean because I think it's just like it's helpful to know because sometimes you don't know right? And then someone's like, or it's just, you know, how did she like, yeah, she lost the house. And it's just like, oh, shit. Okay. But it's just like, you know, I mean, sometimes you, you don't, you think, oh, once you get this thing, then you're set, right? You're in this place. And that's how you go. And it's just like, so it's hearing those sort of stories to be like, oh, okay. So it's not over if this happens and you can find your way back. And there's, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And also, you know, the, the point of the podcast too, is, you know, we're exploring topics that we want to explore in our film and TV work, but also, you know, I think that shame, and I mentioned this on the first episode, I think that shame kills. And if I'm talking about wanting to see the full lives of black people represented on screen, I also kind of want to, see that in my own life, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for me, Honey Child, and and I talked to our, the team that I have now, it's like, I we want Black women to be living full lives. I also want us as Black women to be living full lives. Um, and so we're kind of like wanting to walk the walk and, and in that way. Um, so that's why you, you have me. We were sharing our business on this podcast because, um, that's also what we want to see on screen. We want to see the full story as much as possible on screen. The context. We want to see the the, the things that informed the decisions um, that informed the success, right? Yeah. As well as inform the the mistakes.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I think um, you know, I I really enjoy what you've been doing. Thank you. Know? you. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I mean, just all these projects come to life. You know what I mean?
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're really, really excited. It took me some time to crystallize, you know, what I wanted a production company to look like. Um, And now we have a really clear vision, uh, and I'm really excited about it.
0: Mm, Yeah. Like, I know I I keep on asking more questions, so I I won't keep you too much longer, but I am just curious about the production company. Of it so what was it that made you think okay this is this is the thing right this is the look that we want to have um we want to f- you know fill this void like what yeah what was it that
1: yeah um, of- it's part like you know seeing a need in terms of the stories and experiences that I was having with my friends you know who are 40 and over. Um, we just didn't necessarily see them reflected on screen. Like I think that there's some great wonderful show, millennial shows, you know, you have Insecurity of 20s, um mm. Honey's Watch. I call Black Women 40 and Over Honeys, which Honey's Watch. Um, but I also would love to see like the honey experience, you know, of a coming of age or the honey experience of, you know, a relationship centered show. Um uh, yeah. So partly came out of that, right? Um, And then also I just recognized what I really want to explore in my work, are in my personal work, are stories that center Black women. Um, And then I want to be of service to help other honeys because I moved to LA at 35 years old. Um, And Hollywood is a place that does not favor or prioritize uh, people. You know, they favor and prioritize youth. Right, mm. um, and they definitely don't favor and prioritize Black women in the way that they should. So for me, it's part of like the purpose and the mission to help other honeys um, get their work made, get their work seen. Um, and again, it it could be about you know aliens on another planet, <laughs> but I think there's something about um, the unique perspective of black women 40 and over, you know, when Beyonce turned 40, um, she pinned that beautiful note about how she's feeling the best she's ever felt. And I think that there's a a unique perspective, uh, coming from black women 40 and over that I just want to see more of on screen. And then we have our honeys in training, right? The honeys that God willing, everyone, every black woman will become a honey. And so you have the honeys in training, um, who are, who are close, who are getting there that, um, I also wanna find ways to, to support as well. So that's kind of, I don't know if that answered the original question, now I forgot what the question was, but uh, that's kind of what I've been thinking about um, in terms of that. So it's risky, right? It's a risky move to say, this production company is gonna do that. But also I know, I know the financial and cultural capital of black women, mm. um, so I'm betting on black women
0: yeah no no that did answer the question no (laughs) no it's great because I I think I take inspiration from stuff like that right Mm -hmm. because it made me then you know just think about the things that I want to be doing yeah you know I I just I I was just doing this business thing so that got approved so it's just like yeah I'm looking to start my own thing up and you know tell the stories that I feel I'm not seeing, right? Yeah. And I, I had a great conversation with one of my friends. Um, she's a director, and yeah, we we're just talking about like the stories that I'm I, the story that I want to tell and how I want to tell it. Like it was a, a very valuable conversation because it then made me think about there was things I hadn't considered, and yeah. so it's just like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that, and oh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But it just yeah. I mean, think it, it, it gets that energy going, you know what I mean? And and that's the great thing. And it's just like, yeah. So I, I think, you know, because I, I get your newsletter and I, you know what I mean? Just all of this. And it's just seeing this stuff and it's, it's valuable. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for like supporting us. We are doing, we are a small but mighty team right now. Um, and also, we 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 know we can't service everybody, nor do I want to try to serve everybody. Um, so, yeah, we're 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 doing it brick by brick. <laughs> it's literally it's a lot of work, um, but uh, already really excited about it, um, and just trying to fulfill the purpose, you know.
0: Hmm. That's great. And it feels great, though, doesn't it? Right. When you put in all of that work and then certain things come to fruition and, and you see that stuff.
1: Absolutely. 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 Because I, when I was in my D.C. basement apartment, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like trying to study the Blue Valentine screenplay, I, I did not know. I did not know I would be here in this moment of time. So I do not take it for granted.
0: And it, it's an incredible journey. And I'm, I've, it's not even started, I feel so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next. And I hope that you will come back and talk about it when you, you know, I mean, those, those next projects are ready to talk about.
1: Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. I appreciate you providing this platform for creatives to talk about our work, and I love the thoughtfulness of which you are watching and 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 into our work. So, thank you so much for that. That means a lot. Because sometimes hey. we need to be, you know, fueled to continue. So, to be able to talk to someone who thinks so thoughtfully about the work is uh, great. So, thank you.
0: Hey, no, you know what I mean. I just think that. There's these great things out there, and it's just like you know. What I mean, you you have to give them a shout, right? You you, I think you have to acknowledge the the greatness of things when you see it, right? Yeah. So you know, what I mean, like even if this conversation never happened, I still really loved, really love. <laughs> you know, what I mean, so it's just like I was still gonna talk about really love. You know, what I mean, so it's just yeah, I'm just it's always great to be able to talk to someone who created something that you enjoyed just to learn, you know, the nuances and everything like that. So yeah. yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, um, yeah. Oh, tell people how they can keep track of your stuff.
1: Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Twitter at Felicia Pride. Uh, you can listen to our first Honey Child podcast, which is called Child Please, anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can visit our website honeychild.honey-child.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and also listen to the podcast from there. Um, and if you're interested in watching Tender, uh, you can watch that tendermovie.com.
0: Cool. All people, all the links are going to be in the episode information. So make sure Any you go
1: on Netflix now
0: yes so make sure you follow Felicia and keep track because hey it sounds like there's amazing things coming so Felicia thank you again for your time and um, I look forward to seeing what's next
1: thank you so much Kevin
0: all right you take care
1: you too bye-bye
0: bye okay people there you go right how great was that people in the episode information we've got links to everything right there's the the, you know the trailer to really love the trailer to tender the 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 link so you can go watch tender right the link to the podcast which hey i'm really enjoying so far people you know what i mean and it isn't even, let's say, look, it's, it's, it's aimed at, uh, you know, 40-plus um, women, right? Showing them, you know what I mean, how to be a honey, right? But, oh, I've been enjoying it. So, um, yeah, look, if you want to get on board with everything, you know what I mean, Felicia and crew are doing, it is all in the episode information, you know what I mean, so yeah, I highly recommend you um, checking this stuff out, you know what I mean, because hey, it's, uh, yeah, it's great, you know what I mean, Ev- everything is just phenomenal, you know, so yeah, people go do that for sure, you know, and um, yeah. Also, remember, people, that it, this was part two, right? So, um, yeah. Oh, Jazu Sims. Yeah, I, I fumbled her name. Gotta big up jazu Sims for all her help with the interview and all of that. But yeah, it, you know, there's part one, right? So go check that out. We we take a look at a couple, a new film currently just dropped and also something coming next week so yeah episode 200 is in the bag people hope you have enjoyed everything so far and it's just gonna go from strength to strength we're up in the production you know what i mean there's a lot happening, people. so if you've enjoyed the conversations you've enjoyed the the ridiculousness you know what i mean hey we're just upping that so people thank you for um, being on this ride and uh, yeah, hope, um, you know, what I mean, hope you stick around right now. Go share with all your peoples, and uh, we will see you again next week. So, people, yeah, go check everything out. Follow, um, yeah, as I say, follow Felicia and her peoples, and um, yeah, we will see you next week, all right, people. Peace.